0: Welcome to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. I'm an employment law and business law attorney in New York, and I host this live weekly talk radio show and this live video broadcast every Tuesday night from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I have guests who discuss some of the most novel and interesting and relevant issues that employers and business owners are facing today during these challenging and trying times. And in that regard, I'm very pleased tonight to welcome to the show our special guest. She is a professional actor, teacher, and connective engagement consultant, Betty Monroe. Betty, welcome to the show. I think you might be muted there. Happens to all the guests. No worries.
1: Every time. Not not to worry. Happens (laughs) to everyone.
0: You're welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on this evening. We've got a great topic. I'm going to just tell our guests or audience rather what the topic is, and I'll Give you a proper introduction and we can get into an interesting and engaging discussion. If that sounds good to you, absolutely. All right, let's do it. So, um the, our topic tonight, folks, is hybrid humanity, staying connected in a virtual workplace. And what we're talking about really is the fact that as humans, you know, we create connection, right, through speech, touch, and acknowledgement of presence. But in the aftermath of the pandemic, The connection may seem weakened in the workplace. Now, a change through remote workforce, work from home environments and hybrid settings have created the virtual meeting space, remote and on screen, in order to function in a new era while working, learning and being. So the question becomes, how can we, as employers, employees and business owners, build genuine relationships virtually when conducting business online? How do we keep our employees engaged and connected um, when they are miles and miles apart? And there are many things we can do, from learning to read body language in a more subtle and nuanced way, for example, to getting a bit more personal in our conversation, both pre and post meeting. So on tonight's episode of Employment Law today, our special guest, Betty Monroe, is a connected engagement coach, a film and TV actor, and we'll discuss some of these methods for maximizing connection in a virtual workplace. It's really a must-see show for anyone out there who may be a remote or hybrid employer. And with that, I'd like to just read a little bit about Betty's uh, background. Um, As I mentioned, Betty Monroe is a professional actor, a teacher, and a connective engagement consultant, originally from Los Angeles, now residing in Atlanta, Georgia, while actively working in the Southeast market as a film and television actress. As a mom of three, a school teacher of more than 20 years, and an acting coach, her many years of experience in the classroom and the entertainment industry provide a solid foundation and a segue into coaching businesses and sales professionals in interpersonal relationships and communication. Working with many different people in academic and artistic settings has been a fertile ground for observing how people connect and learning to recognize individual comfort levels. She is excited to help you hone your skills and create solid, truthful, trustful relationships in both in-person and virtual environments. Wow, Betty, yeah, it's really great to um, have you in such a great topic to talk about this evening. Great, right?
1: no, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much again for having
0: me. Oh, my pleasure, absolutely. So, you know, Betty, one question I ask um, all my guests out of curiosity is to tell us a little bit more about yourself, mainly, how did your did your career initially start out?
1: And then what problem you to become an actor and a connected engagement consultant? I know it sounds, it's an odd combo. Um, Interesting combo. <laughs> It is for sure. Um, nice. I've been blessed to make a living with a combination of different passions that I've had throughout my lifetime. Um, both as a teacher and a performer and an artist. And now I get to kind of combine those things and continue being a helper as Fred Rogers used to love to say, always look for the helpers, right? Yeah but I'm now finding myself in a corporate world. Um, you know, you asked how I got there from being an elementary educator and a mom and an actor. Um, the acting part was easy. I grew up in Los Angeles in the industry. I have a, a, my late grandfather who is pictured behind me. Um, he was a cinematographer and cameraman for Paramount Pictures in Columbia for 56 mm-hmm. or seven years. Um, but actually that acted as a deterrent And I didn't begin acting professionally until I was in my late 30s. I was a school teacher and a mom. Mm -hmm. I went to college to become an early childhood professional. And then um, post-divorce, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I'd been a stay-at-home mom for a significant period of time and decided to go back into teaching part-time as a long-term substitute for two elementary schools, which I did for 11 years, Mm -hmm. um, as well as working as an actress in the Southeast market. Um, fast forward to a little bit before the pandemic, mm-hmm. I had decided it was time to leave teaching for many reasons, which would be a whole nother show altogether. Sure. Uh God bless my public school and private teachers. You guys are heroes for sure. Um but when the pandemic hit, I had begun working as a podcast producer for a sales enablement-based podcast mm-hmm. through a sales enablement firm called Mediafly out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And we produced about 165 episodes. And as the pandemic came into view, I started seeing my sellers really, really struggling in this environment. And as we like to joke, I'll be inappropriate and I can make the Jeffrey Tubin joke because, you know, we all, you know, we we were seeing all kinds of fun things, people in their pajamas, people sitting on their beds, people looking like this on camera, right? So as an actress, I thought, okay, I can absolutely help people with the virtual meeting aesthetics, how to light yourself, how to set your camera up, what to wear, what not to wear, what, what to do, what not to do. Please don't eat a steak dinner on camera, which happens to me. And don't wear your boxers and stand up, right? Um, And then it moved more into the need for interpersonal and soft skill connection. Mm. And I really had a passion for that. You know, actors Mm. sellers and service providers have so much in common. And I thought I can really help people using the same skills I use as an actress and a teacher to help sales professionals and other people such as attorneys who are struggling in, you know, maybe a virtual deposition space Mm. to really kind of Figure out how to make it all come together conducively.
0: Yeah, wow, it's interesting, you know, hearing about you know the multiple passions and how they all um, inter or interlap and how they're all kind of interwoven together. Um, and the part about your grandfather, but yet that being a sort of a deterrent at first and going into acting, um, just really you know interesting stuff there to share with us. I mean, I think that I heard that common theme. I hear about helping and being a helper. And certainly, teaching—you're giving back to, to students, and you know, showing them how to learn, and, and I guess grow into uh, responsible adults. And then you get to work with those adults as an connected engagement coach. So really good to see that. You know, I think a lot of us have like multiple passions that come together in our respective careers. I know I love uh, writing and, and debating and, and strategizing, being creative. So as an employment law attorney, it's just kind of like. All par for the course. But to your point, Betty, really, you know, good to hear about um, all that stuff you mentioned, including the ways in which people might be challenged with Zoom. And that kind of brings me to my first question on the topic, right, which are like, specifically, what are some of the communication and connection challenges, perhaps that employers and employees face in the virtual or the near virtual workspace?
1: Well, I think there's many. I mean, some of the more common complaints I hear are, okay, I'm used to -to face-to-face, belly-to-belly connection and human-to-human interaction. And how on earth am I supposed to build a genuine relationship with someone in a box on a screen as opposed to being in a room with someone and feeling their energetic, tangible, physical presence, right? Of course, as human beings, we're hardwired to to biologically need a tangible physicality, right? Mm -hmm. But we can still connect this way. And it's about simply changing the way we look at things. You know, there's the meme that's gone around 100 times with the kitten hanging upside down. If we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. And it's really not as complicated as most people seem to think. I think Mm -hmm. um, it is is a, a series of little simplicities. Um, For example, Mm -hmm. the way we read body language, as long as you can see at least this much of me, you can tell what I'm thinking, feeling, if my arms are crossed, I'm closed Mm -hmm. up. If I'm leaning towards you and listening and you can see my hands, I'm more likely to build trust with you because Mm -hmm. you know that I'm not playing on my phone and ignoring you or whatever it is that you can't see that I'm doing underneath here isn't taking precedence to the importance of my communication with you.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Those, I heard you say that nuanced little things, right? Simplicity of like tweaking this here and there, including the um, you know the, the body language. Um, I know certainly in the beginning, I found Zoom one of the challenges. I found I mean I've been using using Zoom for some time now as an attorney, but when the pandemic hit, it just every old time, sometimes one's eyes will change like away from the um, from you know from the camera, and that balancing of looking at somebody on the screen. But also remembering to make eye contact with the camera and it's that, is that one of the issues that you find people are either like focused on the screen so you can't see their eyes or they're focused on this camera and it looks like they're staring into your eyes.
1: It's so funny it is something people are always asking me about and I, I like to kiss things keep it simple stupid right. I don't look, this is me looking into the camera and I can't see you. I would rather look directly at you. You're talking to me. I'm talking to you. I'm looking directly at you. And Mm -hmm. I'm not so concerned about the aesthetic of where I'm looking as to the fact that I am looking at you and connecting to you in the best way that I can in the given circumstance. Makes sense. Mm
0: -hmm. It does. And I think that when you're looking at the person, you're connecting and then therefore your facial expressions, right? Your body language, your mirroring, is yeah. more likely to be authentic and real perhaps than if you look just at the camera. Yeah. sort of yes. not present fully. Is that what you yes. see as well?
1: Yes. And I understand the need, you know, especially as a working actor. Yeah. Everybody is self-conscious and everybody is their own worst critic. And some of the sure. complaints I heard at the beginning were, you know, one of, one of our sellers, God bless Mike, I love him. Um, big guy, bald head, and he said, I feel like everybody is only staring at my lack of hair. Oh, I'm <laughs> going but you have so much value to impart and anyone who takes you seriously is going to be listening to you. Nobody cares that you don't have that much hair on your head, you know, and I get that, especially as a woman, but Mm -hmm. think about, you know, thinking about from an actor's perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. we look directly into the camera. We're not going to be believable unless it is a given that we look (laughs) at the camera in a comedic situation or a commercial commercial situation. right? Right. But if I look directly into the camera and I'm not looking at my acting partner, that's just weird. Right. Same mm-hmm. here. I'm looking directly in the camera, but I'm talking to you. That's just weird to me. And yeah. it's to though. Each person is going to have their own unique comfort level, and depending on what they value as professional or important.
0: Right. Right. Gonna- you know, all interesting points there, really, especially because you hear different. Perspectives about looking right into the camera, or looking at the person, or doing both. But I guess there is some level of comfort that the person has to feel. And I guess when you're looking at the person, as you know, you mentioned, there's just a different. It's more real, right? More organic than just looking at the, ca- the camera. I think the acting analogy i think really you know um is 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 well taken Um, and i'm also just i'm seeing how people struggle with everything from sound to light to posture you know um when we're in a room we can be sitting or standing and, and sort of moving around and we're networking on zoom we're kind of sitting for a long time often and it can feel like you know a little a little odd. Believe it or not, Betty, we're actually at our very first commercial break. Um, so I'll just let our audience know that you're listening to and or perhaps you're watching our show employment law today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber, our guest tonight, uh, the very talented Miss Betty Monroe. And our topic is hybrid humanity, staying connected in a virtual workplace. When we come back, we'll talk more about the trends that Betty sees, some tips and strategies for being more connected. So stick around, we'll be right back. to employment law today. Once again, I'm your host, Eric Sauber. I'm an employment law and business law attorney here in New York. Our guest tonight, uh, TV actress, film actress, and uh, teacher and connective engagement consultant, Betty Monroe. We're talking about hybrid humanities, staying connected in the virtual workplace. And that last question, Betty, about some of the communication and connection challenges that employers and employees face in the virtual workplace, I'm just wondering, if you can maybe speak to how uh, people's perhaps either misleading of signals or just a lack of perhaps uh, just misreading language and body language on Zoom can lead to communication breakdown between coworkers or employers and employees, what you see?
1: You know, I think going back again to the kiss analogy, keeping it simple, stupid, I think yeah. people are placing so much importance on these little things that are and um, Mm. the word is escaping me not nearly as important as simply being your authentic self Mm -hmm. being you being you we are all human beings being human Mm. beings and while this is no longer the new normal it's just kind of the normal and it's constantly Mm. ebbing and flowing like a wave Mm -hmm. you know think of it as a beach and every time the wave pulls out there's something new to see so it's about Figuring out how you can still be authentic and not focus on the minute things that don't really matter and getting back to the future. That's a phrase I like to use. We do need to get back to the future. This is now the norm. It's not going anywhere. And I think it's about simply being self-aware, knowing where you need to grow as an individual And not worrying about the little stuff. It's difficult, you know. One of the complaints I hear, especially if you're, say, a a, you know, a sales professional, and you're meeting a new prospect for the first time via Zoom. Um, You know, one of the most important things you can do, and and I'll backtrack for a moment. You know, Zoom fatigue. It's a real thing, right? Mm -hmm. And we've learned that less is more. Less is more. We don't need to be having eighteen Zoom meetings in a day, Mm -hmm. so that. Employees are not able to accomplish all of the other tasks that they need to accomplish, and employers are going to be hard on them. Well, why wasn't this completed? Well, because you scheduled 18 back to back, one hour long Mm -hmm. Zoom meetings for me in a day, and I don't have time to breathe, and I'm now exhausted. Being Mm -hmm. on camera all day is exhausting for even the most seasoned professional. Um, Sure. You know, and so. Thinking about these poor people who are just not used to this, and this is not your thing. I mean, if you are an IT mm-hmm. guy and you're used to being in a cubicle in the back, and you've got to be on it right now, you know yeah. that's difficult. And I think this begs the topic that I really harp on a lot lately, in a good way. Mm-hmm. In that, not only is bringing the authenticity and self awareness in important everywhere, corporate, mm-hmm. personally, all aspects of life, but Bringing, yeah. even more importantly, a sense of empathy and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I must emphasize that just because we're empathic towards our employees does not have to mean we have to agree with everything. But sure. empathy is a key component to building morale within a workspace mm-hmm. and really kind of bringing everyone together. Because look, we're still in this; it's mm-hmm. not over. Mm-hmm. And it's it brought about a significant and permanent change, and changes yeah. for everybody. So it's about mm-hmm. accepting the changes with grace and being aware and noticing mm-hmm. the little things.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting, Betty. It. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely see a lot of interesting points there. You know, the whole idea of empathy and this, you know being one's authentic self, um, and also about less is more and like over scheduling. I think that you know, I think society tends to be focused on how much can we maximize productivity, and with Zoom, mm-hmm. with people not having to travel to and from meetings there's certainly, right, that tendency to want to overschedule because they think, okay, well, I'm on Zoom. I finished that call, and then I'm off, then I'm, I'm back on in two minutes, and I have to travel from midtown to downtown, and to up. And so people tend to overschedule employers, right, and even employees amongst themselves, and I could like, see how you mentioned Zoom fatigue. I know, speaking from experience, that um, when things first started, I certainly was guilty of overscheduling um, clients on Zoom, and then eventually I had to kind of staggered a bit so if i could make a phone call let's do that you know if we can talk by zoom or even just because too many meetings in one day it's a different energy i think of right in terms of the level of focus and the level of you know, the rhythm of your speech and um, just kind of how you look at the screen and so i think it's definitely a real thing you mentioned that um and also just the idea of you know being one's authentic self um, I've often found that I think that the etiquette in Zoom is changing and evolving. You know, I think that people used to network in person, let's say or are having an employee staff meeting, and it was close to lunchtime. People would say, we'll have a working lunch. They bring the lunch to this conference room, let's say, and maybe they're eating while watching a presentation, but people aren't watching each other eat. But when you're on screen, whether it's in a networking group or, you know, um, say a conference room, like you're right there. So if you're eating a messy sandwich, it's kind of, you know, it's like eating a someone's face,
1: right? Right, right. And here's where we can bring the humor and levity in. So yeah. the reality is we're all in this together. I mean, it is what it is. And mm-hmm. the pros so far outweigh the cons. While we are definitely going back to in-person whenever possible, this isn't going mm-hmm. anywhere, as I mentioned, because the yeah. productivity did rise in many, many areas. Um, sales, medical—it's enabled for a lot of good, right? Yeah. It's saving company companies millions on former travel expenses. It's enabling mm-hmm. people to find talent, uh, say in Canada as opposed to six blocks down the road in Manhattan. Maybe there's a better fit. Um, yeah. It's allowing parents to enjoy the milestones of their young children, which I'm sure you understand and respect. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, yeah. it's allowing for yeah. more family time. It's allowing for a little bit more comfort, but it's finding the balance, right? Where does the scale need to be? It's finding the balance, understanding what's going to work best for you as a unique individual, working with your Mm -hmm. employer, and as a cohesive unit, which is where the vulnerability and empathy comes in, figuring out what works best for everybody involved, and making it cohesive, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're thinking about less is more, right, we've Mm -hmm. now learned after two and a half years. This isn't new. Skype's been around forever and ever. This is just new in the sense that everybody and and their mother-in-law is doing it, right, Right. and on a very regular basis. So, where's the balance? How do we weight the scale so that everybody feels comfortable? And I think we're getting there. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, the the most important thing is organization leaders and management really need to maintain an awareness of the less is more. Right? Meetings should not be more than fifteen to thirty minutes. Thirty minutes max. You got to schedule a minimum of 20 minutes in between each meeting so that Mm -hmm. your employees or yourself can get up, walk around, get a cup of coffee, go to the restroom, change your Mm T-shirt. And, you know, that brings us to the level of professionalism and the etiquette we don't have to wear a suit and tie anymore it's Mm -hmm. okay to wear a nice sweater a jacket with Mm -hmm. an open collar even a nice solid color t-shirt if that's what you're comfortable in and you look clean and professional Mm -hmm. um we no longer have to wear the buttoned up blouse the high heels and everything else Mm -hmm. um but it it has i think it allows for Mm -hmm. a familiarity and a comfort level that can be beneficial if everyone involved is aware and willing to be open and vulnerable.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that vulnerability that you mentioned, I think it perhaps in some ways the pandemic brought it out in all of us because many of us, if you know, we all recall, in the, especially the earlier parts of the pandemic, the first year or so, I think we're pretty much stuck at home um we weren't in offices and so we we're all in these work or business meetings right or calls and you had you know people's like children as zoom bombers in the background I remember one of my uh, friend's wife was in a work meeting and unbeknownst to her her I think at the time three or four year old daughter was in the background dancing and you know what happened she would okay. that, and, right and people were laughing and I think later she told me the story she asked her daughter like you know why did, were you in the background you know mommy's meeting dancing and she said i had the dance that had to get out of me like you know something like that some cute you know but the people like i appreciate you know they they hear people's children in the background they see you know people's like you know guitar hanging on the walls so the walking uh, that, across the keyboard i mean it's <laughs>
1: right you know. and, and yeah.
0: Important. yeah and i think that you know really adds to, like a level of you know of comfort that and some people i think maybe perhaps Struggle with that level of um, vulnerability, you know, because they're used to coming into an office and you kind of put on your, you know, your corporate face, whatever, you know, your, your game face. And, but it certainly is interesting. I've seen many mediations and Zoom conferences where, um, and there's a different too, because you might have a, a certain dress code with the courts. So that might be a little sure, bit different. Sure. You know. Of course, everyone's field is different, but for the most part, you know, people have dressed down quite a bit. Uh, I have seen folks though take it too far. You know, they once thought. Closing Council in a Zoom meeting and, um, with a judge and they name of said bed was unmade in that background, then they're not no, okay. <laughs> right. So, you know, I think it's like, but that's to your point, right? There's always a balance. In
1: that is the balance. You know, and it's about it's correct. about. How much is too much? There's always an extreme to everything. Sure. You know? And at this point, we all know better. Like don't yes. wear your boxer shorts with your right. suit on top and forget to turn the camera off before you get up to go to the yes. bathroom. Nobody needs sure. to see that, but right. we've all been in calls where we've seen it. And mm-hmm. I love that you likened it to the little girl behind. I mean, my favorite story is the naked four-year-old running right behind you on camera. When you got four CEOs <laughs> and the leadership going, I'm Superman with nothing but a towel tied around his neck. And, <laughs> and yeah. You want everybody to laugh because this is the thing. Yeah. Yes. We need to maintain a level of professionalism. It takes seven seconds for the average person to form a first impression. So mm-hmm. be professional. Mm-hmm. Don't wear a shirt with tea- holes in it. Don't have chocolate right. milk stains on you. This kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Common yeah. sense, people common mm-hmm. sense. Right. Don't sit on your bed and don't wear your pajamas on screen, but right. be comfortable and be human. Be a human being being human. That is my favorite saying in regard to this whole world, this mm. whole environment, this whole new era, this virtual yeah. era of working together because we need to work together. And I think that's mm-hmm. an important thing to remember.
0: Yeah, it's a good point, I think. And then as people, as you mentioned, you know, common sense, like that middle ground, right? Because even before Zoom. There are always those people that say, "Who you know, got a memo about Friday in the summertime is casual Friday. And there's always that one person, you know, who might win for the rest by coming in with, you know, a cut off grungy tank top and just, you know, stand those open sandals and stuff. So it's about, you know, sort of reading your audience and knowing what your culture is, what the environment is. Um, but certainly you know, to your point about just, you know, kind of um, being present and being open and vulnerable, I think and I think it's really Something that we can maybe look to with, you know, with Zoom as much as we do in person. Um, you know, in terms of like just kind of being who we are. It's interesting. I think that you know people in employment situations like, look to their coworkers for certain, let's say, cues as to how they're receiving something. And sometimes in person, you can see someone, for example, if their body is shifting in another direction, let's say or they're looking off to the side, maybe they're distracted. And Zoom, that can be a little hard to tell, right? If someone, let's say, you know, is maybe like edging for the door, you're not sure, are they, are they just distracted by their four-year-old in the background over there? Are they uh, bored? So maybe it's good to ask those questions. I wonder, you know, what your thoughts At are this
1: that? point, I think it's okay to put in the mm-hmm. chat, hey, you know, my baby's like, give me a second, I'll be right back, kiddo, kiddo drama, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all there. And, you know, I was on a podcast where somebody addressed the generation gap to me. Mm. And I think that everybody has to learn from everybody else right now, right? Mm-hmm. change is hard. Change is hard, change is hard, change is hard. Nobody likes mm-hmm. to be uncomfortable yeah. or or escape their box, right? So it's about working together to understand where everybody's at and has come to.
0: Mm. Interesting point. You know, it's funny, our commercial break is coming up about 30 seconds, so I might as well take it now on that interesting sort of high note there. Um, Folks, you're listening to or watching Employment Law today, my guest tonight, uh, this is Betty Monroe. When we come back, we'll talk more about some trends, you know, Betty mentioned some trends we foresee in the future, but how will we interact as perhaps a fully virtual workforce and sales force and then some tools and strategies, you know, for up in your game, increasing your connectivity when on Zoom. So stay tuned to Talk Radio right NYC. We'll be back in a moment.
5: Are you passionate about the conversation around racism
0: Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber, Employment Law Business Law Attorney. And here tonight with our guest, Benny Monroe, we're just chatting in the uh, chat box commercial about different, you know, sort of, I guess, fails and quotes are just kind of humorous things on Zoom that became sort of viral, including that attorney who I think had a cat filter that maybe his grandson, or granddaughter had the Zoom and couldn't quite take it off. I said, I'm ready to receive judge you now. And it's interesting how, you know, we can like, you know, Take these events and just kind of have fun with them. And again, it goes back to that point. You know, we're talking about um, being vulnerable, I think about being a human, like our topic tonight hybrid humanity, right? You know, staying connected in the, in the virtual workforce. So, um, but interesting, you know, to note some of those, I think, fun things that we've all kind of seen, you know, and experienced perhaps.
1: Definitely. Uh, One thing I would love to address, Eric, if you don't mind, in regards to that is. <laughs> you know, human connection is so important, especially now, because it's not just the muted skills lost due to the pandemic, but due to too much this, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's become almost a pandemic itself, right? Mm -hmm. The lack of ability to connect at a human level, and it's become so easy for people to connect via texting, via Mm -hmm. email, and we've, you can connect in a human way this way. I'm looking Uh at you. I see you see my real life behind me. You know, Uh a filter is fine. If you, if you're more comfortable, not sharing everything in your home, you know, if you live in a one bedroom apartment in Soho and you don't have a choice, what are you going to do? But To be as much you Mm -hmm. as you can be in these meetings is so important because somebody may see something, a book title on my shelf, a picture of my kid, Mm -hmm. like all leaves. And it may stimulate a conversation and allow for that um, actual human connection and that trust to be built, Mm -hmm. especially in a newer relationship. And we can get away with a lot more. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm meeting with a colleague that I've met with 100,000 times and I show up in a sweatshirt, it's going to be okay, right? Mm -hmm. That's not something I want to do. If I've got higher ups, or you know, if I'm trying to sell a proposal to a company or something like that, but right. common sense again, use your judgment, yeah. right? For when things are all right and when things aren't, um, you know, hmm. common sense. Yeah, you know, I, I think. The self awareness piece is so important because right. of the lack of connectivity or the dis the massive human disconnect that's occurred over the last I'd say eight years,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the
1: insurgence of technology. So it's a blessing and a curse. So how again? How do we balance that scale?
0: Right, right, very true. I remember, you know, growing up there was no uh, cell phones, you know, no texting. You had to call someone on the phone. Their parents would answer. You'd ask, you know, to speak to so and so. You know, and I think that's a lost art. And, you know, I hate to, like, I, I do really respect the young generation. I think they're working through a lot and they're really hardworking. So, and I also don't want to feel old by saying, you know, these young kids today, you know, but there's a different communication style. Um, I think it's important for employers in the workplace also, like not to mistake and let's say, I mean, yes, people should be connecting more in person, video or, or live if they can, but perhaps not to uh, misinterpret, let's say, like a younger person in the in the workplace, they're taxed for their being, you know, not considerate or flippant, right? Because that's what they're used to. But I think you also, you know, raised some great points about you know, again yeah, using common sense and reading people on the screen. And I'm wondering, you know, like it's an interesting point about um, what are some tips, maybe some tools and strategies that we can use, like in networking. I know there's a lot of groups go towards breakout rooms, right? And you can connect and then go back to the main group, and so I guess it's supposed to mirror the real networking experience where you're with a group and then you go into often three people and you say hey there's Jim and then Susan and then you go over here so I'm wondering like are there any other examples Betty of let's say um you know tips or tools like when you're on zoom how do you make it more relatable more connective?
1: I mean in terms of making it more relatable begin each begin each meeting with personal stuff like i said the stuff behind you is a great conversation starter Mm -hmm. um it just builds a tribal connection if you find something with a commonality and if that's not possible don't just talk about the weather. Ask the person something about themselves. One mm-hmm. of my one of the things I like to share with with sales professionals is when you're setting up that first that first prospect meeting. Mm-hmm. It goes through email, and at the end of that email, offer a unique and fun fact about yourself. Hey, just wanted to share. I thought it might be fun to share that I speak three languages. I speak mm-hmm. German, Spanish, and Hebrew. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to know something fun and different about you. And that mm-hmm. silly little simple thing at the end of your email. Is going to be that little thing to crack the ice, and mm-hmm. that way, when you meet that person, that can be what you start the conversation off with. Or you share with me that you've got a young child. You know, well, mm-hmm. gosh, I taught preschool for years, and I have three grown children. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. how much fun! Mm-hmm. We sure. need to bring that water cooler talk, yeah, you know, to the beginning and end of these meetings, as opposed to meeting in the hallway to go get a drink and taking a break mm-hmm. from your cubicle or your desk.
4: Right.
1: Uh So it's about starting on a more personal level so that you can become more personal and build that trust and genuine relationship as opposed to making it, you know,
0: get down to business. Right right interesting point too because you're right in person people tend to walk into a room let's say if we went back in time four years ago before covid hit, and we used zoom but it wasn't as often as you mentioned people met in person more and there was that small talk before the meeting started there was a little you know how you doing what's going on people sharing various, various events i noticed that in some employers like some of my clients when they have a work meeting if i'm let's say on the call That could be I'm Their attorney, but I noticed that like they're very sort of everyone's all quiet until the meeting starts. Everyone just sort of sits quietly at their respective box in the on the screen until it starts, and then when it ends, people log off quickly. Okay, so long, bye, and everyone just faces evaporating, right? So I wonder if it might be smart for employers, let's say with their employees, to maybe you know start with an icebreaker, start with you know questions about people. How was your week? You know, any fun facts? Any fun things for the weekend? um any gratitude you see grateful for because i noticed so many people whether it's in sales or in employment or business they sort of wait silently networking too for the group to sort of like officially start and i don't know if that's through discomfort or people are afraid to be the first you known voice in the you know group but is that something you've seen with some of your clients and you have to work with them to say hey make it more personal you know like you can you can talk before the actual you know, you and know
1: I, I think that it is everything you said. I think it's awkwardness. I think it's un- uncertainty and what do I do? And is this okay? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. getting to a space where someone is okay and it just takes one person to start it. And then it generally rolls forward, right? Mm-hmm. Get the ball rolling, get the ball rolling, get the ball rolling. But, you know, another important thing is it's going to vary and depend You know, this goes back to talking to employment management and leadership and keeping Mm -hmm. short and keep them asynchronous. And if you're going to have, say you have a, you know, say you have 30 people on your staff and you want to have a staff meeting guess what? Everybody may not need to be in that staff meeting. How about Uh sending out a white paper and making it an asynchronous activity? Hey, these are the things I'd like to address. Let's take three days. You guys tell me what you need to talk about this particular Uh week. I'm going to pick the two things I think are most important, and those people can be on the call. If anybody else wants to pop in and listen on Zoom, feel free. Otherwise, do whatever else you need to get done. Uh It's not, it no longer should be an expectation for Uh all 30 people to be sitting there like this, Going like this because what you're talking about has nothing to do with them, right? right? That's a huge thing, and and it's just finding those little nooks and crannies to to maneuver.
5: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: going to be again different in each situation, in each different profession. It's going to yeah. be
0: sure. No, I think it's a very really good point, though, Betty. An excellent point because you're right. Often people might think, well, if it's Zoom, I'll just invite everyone to be on it because we have room, you know, unlike a conference room, let's say, where it's a smaller group. Um, but on Zoom, you can, but then again, if people don't need to be there and then you see the eyes have to wander into their email, right? You can tell when someone maybe is looking off to the side or typing, you know, they feel they're on, that on mute and they hear that click, click, click at the keyboard. So, surely um, that's an excellent point, I think, certainly about, you know, like making sure people are actually. Only when necessary, right? And and it comes back, and you know, I think to you know, I just mentioned simplifying a few times, right? Keeping it simple and all that. And um, yeah, I think you know we human beings tend to complicate things, and so anything new, people want to overcomplicate. But you know, we can just kind of go with the flow. And I I must say that one thing I find a little sometimes um a little bit throws me off, I used to, sometimes it so still does when I schedule a Zoom with somebody one-on-one, let's say, client, or colleague, and I've got my camera on, a reader roll, and they've got the camera off, and they're just talking. And uh. it's always sort of like, you know, do I say to them, hey, do you want to turn your camera on? Do I, do I address it? Because I feel as if one of us is showing up fully, you know, with the camera, and one is not. So that's, I mean, interesting, I, I, and I noticed myself, why is that, you know, what does that bring out in me i think it brings out like a sense of like hey you know i'm showing up and present here and this person scheduled this meeting three days ago so you know certainly they would be ready enough to like brush their hair you know or, or get dressed or so i don't know if you ever found that with how you advise clients about that in terms of is that is that part of the that at that all sort of learning because i've certainly seen that to be a little bit or anything when you're scheduled to call with somebody to network at three o'clock on Thursday, you call and they're like, You see, you know, the um, either you know, this black right? box, yeah, or the black right? box, the black, the black box, right? The black box.
1: And I have actually produced video content tips on this very subject, and really? I cannot impress <laughs> the importance. You do not always have to have your camera on if you don't need to be on camera, like I just said, mm-hmm. don't be part of the meeting. I.e., sure. e. figure out who really needs to be there. But in a one-on-one, especially if it's somebody that you don't know and you've never met before, if mm-hmm. if I log on and I mm-hmm. get this, okay, yep. what that says to me is that whatever it is you're doing behind that screen that I can't see is way more important to you than my valuable time and what we're mm-hmm. supposed to share together, right? Yes. So yes. it's unacceptable. And I think, and and, you know, maybe I sound harsh saying that, but I hear so many people complaining, oh, I can't connect, I can't connect, I can't connect. That's why. And I know it can be uncomfortable. And if you're super uncomfortable being on camera, then that's something you need to discuss prior to a meeting,
5: right, Right.
1: with whomever it is that you're speaking to. And look, there are legitimate cases where someone is terrified to be on camera or they just can't Mm -hmm. or their computer breaks or they're, and that's fine. Again, There's a time and a place for everything. I am not saying to everyone, you must have your camera on all the time, every time. No, it's just not necessary. But in a situation like you just mentioned, yes, it is. Because it shows Uh that you are present, that you are there, and that you are respectful, and uh, that you are both respectful of and value the time of the other
0: person. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I, I definitely noticed that it does kind of like get under my skin a little bit. It makes me a little bit off my game oh, and I think <laughs> because you wonder, you know, are cooking at home with the background? You know, and if they explain <laughs> a reason, it's one thing if they say, look, you know, I'm really sorry. I sorry I, I had trouble sleeping last night, insomnia, you know, I just crashed out in a nap and I woke up right before this call. So I'm a little messy or, you know, I'm not really comfortable on camera. I totally get it. But um, that's an actually an excellent point. And, you know, it's funny. We're actually at our next commercial break. And we come back, I'll ask uh, Betty to share with our audience tonight some ways that she distinguishes herself from other connective engagement consultants. We've heard a lot of great tips, I can imagine, what's to come. So stick around to talk great right at NYC. Employment Law today, I'm your host, Darren Sober. We'll be right back.
2: Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D., the Nonprofit Sector Connector, coming at you from my attic.
0: Welcome back, folks, to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. Our guest tonight, Betty Monroe, Connected Engagement Consultant, and also actress or actor, film and television, and you know, former teacher. And we're talking kind of about staying connected and improving our virtual connection, you know, in this, as Betty mentioned, this right, this new future that we're in, this new reality where uh, the days, you know, of strictly in person meetings have kind of there, there's, there, there's some still, but there's a lot more hybrids, right? A lot more remote, a lot more. And I know it's Betty's point earlier. You're right, Betty. There are um, a lot of advantages to having this virtual space. We can have a conversation. You and I can speak on this podcast, and you're in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm in uh, New York City. And you know, we couldn't do that if you were a guest, let's say, in person. You know, years ago. No. So um, now, I wonder if that you're still muted. A friendly reminder, because I know we always meet with commercial rates. Um, but I would love to find out if you maybe can maybe share with us, like, well, two things one, how you distinguish yourself? Other connective engagement coaches. And two, if you want to share any, maybe like anecdotes or success stories you've had with let's say, um, a client of yours,
1: helping them to engage better, you know, we'd love to hear it. Okay. Well, as far as comparing myself, um, to others, it's really something I try not to do as a whole. Oh, I don't want to. No, 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 not at all. I don't think I know another coach that does what I do, which is which my point, which is lovely. Um, and I didn't say that from that space. But, yeah, I don't think I know of a coach who does exactly what I do, which is kind of special for me. And I think it's unique, at least to this point. Um, but as far as, you know, there's so many wonderful coaches out, out and about that can help with so many different aspects. Um, but I think this is rather a unique niche. And I think it's a necessary and very, very relevant one for mm-hmm. the times that we're currently in, um, which was what brought me to it. And as far as a, a little success story, I actually worked with a young attorney, a, a state attorney, mm-hmm. state planning attorney. And I spent, I actually was able to go in person to this young man's office, which was wonderful. He happened to be in mm-hmm. spy. And I helped him rearrange his office so that his virtual engagements could be more professional and more connective and engaging for him. Um, and it was really nice to see how happy he was after just taking Mm -hmm. an hour and a half to reorganize and kind of reframe the way he looked at things Mm. and it's really kind of a cool thing so that's one of my favorites so far
0: interesting yeah it's funny how those little things can go a long way right because you know people are trying to um say talk to a consultant on zoom and it's you don't get to shake their hand and take them to the conference room give them a cup of coffee but you want to make sure that you can actually connect with them and engage. I think it's an interesting point. Um, that's just great. You know, I actually had that experience. So um, and have you worked with some companies or in terms of, like you mentioned sales, any ways to improve people's interactions, like as a salesperson who's not pounding the pavement and eating lunch with somebody across the table?
1: Them. Right. I actually worked with one of the top sales uh, management universities in the UK called Cranfield School of Management, and we had a very mm-hmm. successful webinar where I was given a really, a really generous review. And afterwards, they mentioned that their metrics improved probably more than half in just a month's time after implicating or excuse me, after applying the tangible takeaways that we shared in our hour and a half long conversation, which was really made me feel great because it made me feel like, wow. There is indeed value in what I have to share, and I love to see it come to fruition and to benefit the people that I'm sharing with.
0: Nice, excellent. Yeah, great. Great to hear those, you know, interesting stories, Betty, you know. Um, yeah, I imagine that being an actress and having that background must be helpful in terms of comfort in front of the camera. And I'm wondering, what are some tips you might recommend for, let's say, our audience tonight? Somebody listening out there or watching who's maybe less comfortable in front of the camera for whatever reason, like you mentioned that the weight or the gentleman that had the issue with his hair, you know, um, any tips recommend for people to like feel more comfortable in front of the camera? Do they turn the camera off for themselves? Do they go to, you know, focus on like pinning one of their friends or colleagues? To the main screen. What do you any thoughts
1: for us, sir? Honestly, I think it's gonna be different for each unique individual. But yeah. simple little things can make you feel better without even realizing it. Putting your computer up on a riser or a stack of books so that you're eye-level. Um, hmm. you know, buying a $20 ring light and putting it behind you so that you feel good about yourself. That simple hmm. little thing, that's an actor's trick, right? Having a, a light that's meant for camera, mm-hmm. it really it makes you look better and feel better because it instills mm-hmm. confidence. Um, and it's a twenty dollar mm-hmm. investment that folds up into a little box the size of a book. I mean, mm-hmm. best thing ever, right? Yeah. It is the little things. Wear your favorite shirt. Wear mm-hmm. something that makes you feel good. Do mm-hmm. your makeup that day. You can wear a ponytail, but make it a neat ponytail. But do mm-hmm. something that makes you feel good. You know, how we dress up and show up directly affects how we do what we do. Right. Right. So taking that few extra minutes to throw on some lipstick or brush your hair or wipe down mm-hmm. your glasses or put on your favorite shirt.
0: Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Interesting too, yeah. And even the posture, right? People can talk about, you know, how they show up and then they sit or if they stand before a meeting. Um, I've often heard it said that when people are say going into a meeting and they want to project a certain way, they can practice by sort of getting to like a certain posture, a certain stance that shows confidence, right? Or you know, uh, like self-affirmation. Um, I suppose also having standing desks could be an interesting way to do things. That way you can be standing, and maybe you can. Although some might find that uncomfortable. To your point, it's very individualistic, right? It's very individual. Some people might say, "Oh, when I stand, I tend to fidget, so they like to sit down." So, um, sure. but I, I guess what I'm hearing throughout the course of our show is just how important it is for people to find what works for them, and then to sort of check with right, we the other person or people, how is what you're doing working for others, right? In terms of, you know, connecting right, with them, meeting them where, they are, where they're at.
1: Definitely, definitely. And it's, again, depends on the unique individual, where you're at, what you're doing, what it's in regard to.
0: Right, right. I know we talked earlier about also just sort of welcoming distractions, whereas, you know, rather than um, reacting with sort of feeling, you know, shocked or embarrassed by the same thing, you know, like, like a, a pet running across the room or a child, to kind of embrace that as part of this new normal. I think is that people are sort of blending their environments more than they used to, and it could be, you know, as an employment lawyer, I see it as a double edged sword. So people get too casual with their coworkers and they forget there are certain rules and you know protocols around like not flirting the workplace you know say or, or make certain comments but but that's sort of another issue for another show and i've done that show several times different people on the, that topic but i think that you know for the most part we're talking about being authentic and empathy right so if you have empathy for others you know, you'll show up in a real and legally, you know, uh, appropriate way. Because, so you don't have the party to defend you
1: as an employment law attorney. For oh, you process. didn't? No, stop. You didn't at all. I, and honestly, you know, I love that you bring up the pet running through the room. I mean, look, bringing humor and levity into these situations humanizes mm-hmm. everything. You know, whether you're a 65-year-old seller who's been doing this for 38 years <laughs> and you've only done it one way, or you're a 25-year-old newbie, you know, and you're a, a year in. We all have pets, we all have children, we all have spouses, mm-hmm. we all have Amazon guys ringing our doorbell, mm-hmm. and it's, at this point, okay, Yeah, because it's just kind of, it wasn't normal two and a half years ago, but it is now. Yeah, absolutely,
0: Betty. You know it's i we down to the wire in terms of our show. not the wire. We're down to the end of it. we got about two minutes left. I want to come forward with you to share with us how can we find you, your website, or how to reach you, any video play have now so for a little bit the floor is yours and i'll take us out
1: thank you well, please feel free to connect with me on linkedin just betty monroe um, and i can i have a website connectiveengagement.com easy peasy and you can also email me at betty at connectiveengagement.com anytime
0: excellent and for those that are listening on the audio not the video monroe is spelled betty m-o-n-r-o-e
5: like maryland right right uh-huh
0: right good to remember um, Wow, yeah, you know, really wonderful topic, you know, that, you know, so great to have you. I want to thank you once again, truly, for sharing your, you know, knowledge, your, your wisdom and all this, this this kind of creativity. It's really helpful. I think, you know, people out there listening tonight, watching tonight, hopefully can take from this and go forward in their careers and, and with their employees and employers, and they'll learn to connect better. So, really want to thank you for that.
1: Thank you so much for having me, and I hope that what I've shared helped somebody.
0: I'm sure I probably did. You know, I'll tell, also let our audience know that um, you are listening to Talk Radio NYC and watching One Law Today. Um, if you like what you heard and saw tonight, if you like our channel topics, tell your colleagues, tell your friends, tell your spouse, tell your you know clients to tune in Tuesday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to Talk Radio NYC. And also uh, you can catch us live on um, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon. So, we're all the main streaming elements there. And um, with that, once again, Betty, you know, it would be great to have you on the show tonight. And stick around, folks. You've got some great programs coming up. Uh, you can catch a lot of live shows on the station every night. And um, so, once again, I wish you, Betty, a wonderful evening. Um, you know, be well and, and, and uh, all the best to you and all that you're doing. And let's stay in touch by all means.
1: Thank you so much for having me
0: have a good You're one welcome. okay have a wonderful night and everyone take care and be well